Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. So what is this episode about? Oh, you might have to, you might start it with an information about a story about Liz. Let's, let's, let's do that. Uh, there are no Even though I feel the stories me. about Liz go a bit like this. I was in the car <laughs> and I was driving and then the song came on. Seven minutes passed. And then <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, we got to Exactly. So that's why we don't start with Liz stories because they take forever and they're circuitous and they mean almost nothing. <laughs> there is a Liz story here, but I'm not sure why. I know. I'm very happy there is. <laughs> Rhea can't start another one with a story about herself. <laughs> I've been through enough this past couple of years. <laughs> I just want to talk about how I, you know, everything is great and everything's so happy and the butterflies and rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> okay, I'll let you ride your unicorn for this next hour while I talk about how I was very emotionally disconnected for a good portion of my life. Which I find really interesting considering how the how you say that the spiritual body is accessed through the emotional one Mm -hmm. so if you're emotionally disconnected were you spiritually disconnected as well no no and that's a really good question because i was well you know what i'm gonna rephrase it no i can't rephrase it i was emotionally disconnected but i became reconnected around the age of 19 probably when i had my first soul memory session And I was emotionally disconnected because I grew up with this sort of Asian tiger mom. So you were not allowed to feel anything. Feelings were not just for the weak, but they were a massive distraction, right? Like everything around your emotions had to take a back seat to your intelligence, everything having to do with what your mind can be applied to. And your mind would pretty much just control or run the show, right? Now... What was complicated about that, and this is this will answer your question, was my mom was also a very spiritual person, and she was quite psychic, and her psychic gifts would often manifest through her physical body, right? That's how she would know things, and her body would speak to her. I, on the other hand, did not inherit that bit. Um, not only would I know things, I would see things. So my spiritual connection did not was not full on. It just did not necessarily come through my emotional body, right? I could use my mental body for it, and my spiritual body was quite strong. I also just had a psychic parent, and I had guides. So that's why I could still see and hear things when I was younger, even if my emotional body was quite weak. So can it? Can the spiritual body be accessed by the mental body? No. Because having psychic gifts really doesn't have to do with your spiritual body, if you will. That's the difference. Your spiritual body is effectively... Your higher self plus. Plus, right? It's the vessel for your soul, etc. And so that doesn't quite play into, well, what can you see? And what can you hear? And what can you know? So where does that, which body would that be in? We would not say that it has to do with any particular body. That's just a very expanded way of existing in this world. And that depends a lot on mission. Right. So for example, like someone like my dad, mm-hmm. who had, like who knew that he was going to have two daughters, mm-hmm. but he's not remotely spiritual at all. Right. That would which be is, why. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 
And that's why you could go and see a palm reader who is not at all a spiritual person or have your cards read by somebody who you would think you just assume. I think we make a lot of assumptions about psychics or people um, that they must be quote unquote spiritual, but a lot of them aren't necessarily. They just have a particular talent or gift. I mean, it's funny because I think about all those times that I knew something outside of, you know, we say a lot of this work that we've been doing together for me anyway, is really about remembering what I already knew. So stuff I knew as a kid, concepts that just were so natural to me, I'm almost giving myself permission to believe them now Mm -hmm. and trust in them. But at my most disconnected Mm -hmm. was the times I saw the most things. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I would see things and then they would happen Mm -hmm. afterwards, frame for frame. Mm. But I had no emotional awareness. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I was steeped in my fear and my ego. Mm -hmm. I was rolling around in my karma. I was literally sleeping next to my karma. (laughs) But I could see things. Hmm. And it's weird because I never, I don't really see things anymore. Hmm. You don't need to. When we're fully integrated, unless it's part of our, again, our purpose. Do we want to say, yeah. Unless it's part of our purpose, serves our mission, there's kind of no point and I know that's a bit scary for people because sometimes they want that because maybe that's sort of like the proof, the quote unquote proof, or that is part of their identity or their ego that they, because they can do this, therefore they're special, etc. But the reality is when you're a fully integrated person and whole and healed, you really don't need it. Well, no, because also I remember being younger and wondering, oh, is this happening because I saw it, so I've made it happen? Mm-hmm. Or is this happening because it's meant to? Mm-hmm. I really played a lot with that idea of like fate, fate. As I guess. <laughs> the fate destiny the bit. The fate destiny bit. <laughs> but then, so anyway, circling back, that was a very interesting digression. Why were you emotionally disconnected and how did you reconnect? Well, as I said, it was all because of my mom. I mean, and it was, to be fair, there was a bit of my father in that. I mean, I think he was a bit more accepting of my tears but you know he was also from a generation that if you weren't dying in a ditch somewhere you were just fine Mm. right like what's the point of crying your life is way better than most people's fine well yeah I feel like a lot of our world is much more ruled on the facts rather than the feelings yeah well and I give my father credit I think one of the reasons why I found him like I felt he was much, he was more sympathetic and understanding was he had also been in Vietnam. So he had seen enough horrible, horrible things that his perspective on life was very much skewed towards if you're not dying in a ditch, bleeding out, you're you're okay. You can mm. you'll survive this, right? Mm. I think when you face death and a horrendous physical death for a good number, you know, for a good amount of time in your life, like your perspective changes on yeah. suffering. Yeah. <laughs> so if you see your child crying, you're like, child, you're not shot. You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much his thing. Yeah. So, but with my mom, especially because I was, you know, the moms often hold that emotional connection. It was much, it felt much more toxic where I really couldn't, I mean, she could not handle me crying as a child even if it had nothing to do with her, was stop crying, you know, and I get it. I get she didn't have the bandwidth as a mostly single parent. But when you're a child, when you're taught to shut down your emotions, that's all you're going to do. Because again, that you'll, you'll just enter survival mode and you're just going to be just fine. But the problem was that in being emotionally disconnected, I became destructive. 
as we know, when people cannot connect to their emotions and their emotions just become stifled, they grow and grow and grow somewhere, right? <laughs> we may not choose to be aware of them, but they're there and they will get our attention. And so that just kind of led me down my own personal spiral. Thankfully, not for too long in my life. So that's helpful. So then how did you reconnect? What happened? I had a couple of mentors who, um, who slowly taught me how to examine my emotions and how to examine myself and self-assess. And all the while, and I think what helped me maintain my sanity through that was the fact that I always never, I it never, the belief never escaped me that I was here for something. So no matter how bad things got, I was never going to give up on that. And then I met Ellen when I was 19. I had my soul memory session and then I was good to go. And when we talk about being emotionally connected, is that just simply being able to recognize, feel, and identify the emotions and then kind of sit with them regardless of how uncomfortable they make us? Yes. Completely. Which is basically a lot of what we do through, through our karma, right? Completely. Yeah. If we give ourselves permission to do that, yes. Yeah, without judging or attacking ourselves for it, because that's often what happens. And we could even see it. Like, what I, one thing I found remarkable was that, you know, people who seem so kind and sympathetic and are all about like a fair and just world in their, in their social media feeds are some of the least tolerant when it comes to how other people are feeling. If it's not about, if it's not, if, if it doesn't agree with their stance, right? And I'm like, but that's not helpful, is it? Well, no, I guess you can't being emotionally connected to oneself mm -hmm. and allowing oneself to sit in those uncomfortable moments mm -hmm. is how then we're able to do it for others. Yeah. Right. And we know that it doesn't actually have anything to do with how, who we are. Mm -mm. It has everything to do with how we've separated. Mm -hmm. But that's, but I mean, I feel like I learned to be emotionally connected through my karma. Mm -hmm. That's because karma is one of the ways that we get broken open, right? It'll tap on our shoulder. It'll kick us in the ass. It'll do whatever it takes for us to wake up. And that's often when we it will bring us a certain amount of emotional suffering. Yeah. As it did for me. As it did for me. But again, it's not bringing us emotional suffering. It's showing us where the suffering already was. True. But sometimes through our karmic story, we will create a scenario that will bring up a certain amount of emotional suffering in order to make us realize what is on the inside. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then we end up creating, so for in my instance, I ended up hurting my parents as a byproduct. Yeah, so they became collateral damage. And so there was like a certain level of emotional suffering because they obviously didn't face their own either, which is why they were the way they were with me. And that's how it played out. Is that the only <clears throat> way for us to become emotionally connected? No, I mean, you know, interestingly, sex also creates this illusion of love, right? That dopamine rush we get through orgasm and connection. And so that also helps open us up. <laughs> the other way in which you've experienced or through my story is also the tight bonds of tight familial bonds that we experience. So those are the ways in which we have through 3D experienced emotional connectedness or lack thereof, depending on what our karmic stories are calling for. Okay. So really that emotional connectedness 
feeling those emotions in 3D was very much about kind of the karma stuff. So breaking our hearts, mm. feeling all the shit. Yeah. Um, kind of through the sex and all the ways in which one would define that, physical, non-physical, where we are somehow in this illusion of love in some way, so we feel maybe more yummy emotions and then maybe more shitty emotions afterwards. Yes. <laughs> and then and then kind of those family bonds as well. Yeah. So all kind of a lot of relational ways, as it were. Always, yes. Yeah, but they're very basic practices um, for our emotional growth and evolution because it's all we were capable of in 3D. Again, if our human nature is just that static and that narrow and that simple-minded, if you will, that we can only manage so much, if our soul's evolution isn't that far along, that's how we can, that's the only way we can deal with it. I'll have this one person who's going to teach me this. I'll have this one kind of family dynamics going to teach me this, right? If you think about it, that keeps our growth quite narrow. But the more we heal... And the more conscious we become and the more we connect to our souls, we might find ourselves and no, we will find ourselves so open emotionally that it will expand and enable our evolution in ways that was never possible before. And that's what oneness, emotional connectedness looks like. Okay, I don't. What does that mean? What does it actually look like? I'm confused. Sorry. So instead of having one relationship, we might have several. Instead of being married once, we might be married a few times. Instead of having just one-on-one sex, maybe we'll have a throuple or more. Right? Um, maybe polyamory will be the thing that opens our hearts and not just our bodies. It might just be that we end up co-parenting, or you know, not only. Does my, you know, my ex, did my ex remarry? But maybe they have a sort of different living situation or they're co-parenting. So it gets expanded out and out and out. So it's not just about the nuclear family anymore. So which we've already had glimpses of before. Yes. And we're going to continue to have glimpses of um, not just through blended families, but with... (laughs) So funny we go back to that. So, because it, it was so interesting to me that our first episode of the season was all about marriage. But because marriage was often the linchpin for the nuclear family, it, that was an institution that really needed to go. And the fact that it was often sort of seen as a way of attaining security and gain, material gain for someone, we, we need to see that one sort of be dismantled. So as that starts to end, we are going to see a much more expanded idea of what relationship and family will look like. And that's going to be a function of how emotionally connected are we capable of being. Can you be emotionally connected to other people or are you only ever emotionally connected to yourself? Um, Well, it begins with you, but no, that that emotional connectedness is what expands out. And so we'll say it a different way. We wanted to say it differently because we have spoken about it so much in previous seasons. But the reason why this episode is titled Love Like No Other is that when we are love, when we are beings of love and our light is being expanded out, the more love we experience, the more that light will begin to encompass and bring us others to share that light with will also be in that light, right? So the more conscious we are, the more that love is just going to be everywhere. Okay. So the bonds aren't so much like self-serving or... They cannot be karmic. in oneness. 
Mm-mm. they're going to be just much more kind of community. I'm sharing love, you're sharing love, we're just swimming in love together. Yes. Okay, fine. So what about, what kind of examples? Are and maybe that love will bring you into my life for a brief time because we will we will bring through a new soul who will learn only and learn best from us, but maybe we can't necessarily live together because maybe we just have different habits or preferences. And so maybe you'll be part of a community or family that will teach this soul one way of living and I'll be a part of another one and that will teach that soul a different way of living. And so you can imagine that's already a one a single soul being raised by two tribes. Yeah. Okay, fine. So And so what we're seeing is that a lot of these new souls are going to be linchpins between different people. Okay, and is that going to happen soon? Like, would it happen to me, for It's example? already happening and it will continue to happen more and more. You know, you are really not necessarily wired for that (laughs) it's not meant to be your life or purpose so no (laughs) and that's okay Mm. sounds a bit complicated it would be it would be complicated for pretty much anyone who is over 35 because it is not in their wiring it's not even in the wiring for some who are in their teens because it doesn't jive with their purpose or on a particular trajectory that cannot involve too many people. They just don't have time for that. Okay. But it doesn't mean that a significant amount of time in some period of their lives will not be devoted to developing this kind of emotional connectedness that is going to carry them through this period in which they can allow their lives to unfold in oneness. Does that make sense? For instance, it could be like a teenager having a sort of serious relationship. One that they choose, one that they work for, right? It's not just kind of like, oh, I think, you know, I just have these hormones. I just have to get them out. But it's like, oh, you know, I'm developing a level of emotional maturity with this one person over a long period of time. Now, they may not stay together, but clearly they're going to be marked by that experience and they're going to bring that sort of emotional maturity into the next relationship and then, and so on. So it might be that they're getting that growth in now, so they don't have to during their adulthood. Okay, fine. Whereas I did all of that growth in my adulthood. (laughs) Because you had karma. Oh, okay. So does that mean like the younger ones are more likely to be, if they're more connected to oneness, Mm -hmm. they're going to be the ones who are going to be doing all of this stuff. Pretty much. We're just going to be looking at it and our role is to be open-minded enough to not shut them down as they do it. Exactly. And pave the way by having our own healthy relationships, whatever they look like, because there are more of us, you know, more of your generation and more in mine than than are probably open about it that are either poly or expanded family, but just don't tell people about it. Yeah, true. This episode isn't quite about, okay, (laughs) just expect more poly relationships in the future. Yes, that's an aspect, but really it's about, can we just expand out the love we are in every other way and like in every facet of our lives? And we can only answer that question affirmatively when we are really assured that we are as emotionally connected as possible. I mean, I know some great people, very nice, funny, loving parents who are not that emotionally connected. I would say for my generation, it really is probably the one area where most people are behind. How can you tell if you're emotionally connected? Is there a test? No, we don't do tests. How readily are you willing to sit with your emotions? 
any of your emotions? Can you answer that question honestly? And not everybody can do that with their emotions. It's scary. It's overwhelming. It makes them want to go home. It is just too much. And so often what we have to do is then bring in our physical body. If we can't even get to our spiritual body because we're just too buried in our emotions, it's our physical body that's going to do some of the work. And that's why we had to talk about the physical body yesterday. Um, and that's a really beautiful thing because if we incorporate our physical body in a positive way, right, through a sport, through an activity, but that's where our physical bodies partner with our emotional bodies. It's not our mental bodies either because we can logicize and rationalize our feelings all the way, you know, all the way to the end, as you know, you're very, many of us are very capable of. Like, and also we can create feelings from that space. Yeah, <laughs> true. And actually, we don't really ever really talk about that so much. But if you focus on something sad, worst case scenario, your, your emotions will follow it. Because you're not, you know what I mean? We could, yeah, yeah. very much. And um, we're that powerful. And for me, because, you know, what allowed me to remain emotionally disconnected was also my mind. So I could rationalize and logic any anything, right? So when it came to dealing with my emotions, or for most people, we need to partner with our physical bodies or we won't be able to get them out. Is that why sex works? It is one of the reasons why sex works. Because it also, because it brings in all of our bodies. But also um, exercise works. Sport works. Any kind of sort of dynamic activity by partnering with our physical body, we can really help bring those to the service. Even massage, anything that really involves our physical body can really help bring things surface, like acupuncture. So bring it up to the surface and then we'll have to deal with it? Yeah. Or, you know, if you want to incorporate sort of energy healing, that also helps transmute some of that. Okay. Right? But we're still going to need to be able to get to the raw emotion of stuff. Yeah. But maybe we could feel a bit more supported or get some of the the excess out so we're only dealing with a small amount. Because what happens is that a lot of people... And trying to deal with their emotions only end up dealing with the surface ones and find that exhausting and overwhelming enough. They're like, I'm good. And sometimes that's pretty much as far as people will get in therapy. And they'll call that great self-awareness or self-actualization when really all they've kind of done in sort of a scale of one to 10 have gotten has maybe have gotten to a four or five. And so what you and I talk about in terms of karma and fearlessness and ego shedding, we're we're talking about steps five to 10. (laughs) Okay, fine. Right? <laughs> Where if you get to your spiritual body, you really can get to that sort of space of peace and spirit and motion and happiness. Okay. Well, you haven't used the word spirit and motion in a very long time. Which is pretty much the title of the season. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a tricky thing because we are still, I would say the majority of us, Would you is, is that a fair accounting So the majority of people, when they embark on their spiritual path, their spiritual healing and stuff, the emotional body often will take a backseat to what they think is allowing them to access the spiritual body. Oh, interesting. Right? So, you know, people that you might meet who like really want to get into understanding their, their star shit, you know, the star seeds and the, you know, I'm going to go and do DMT and attend this ceremony or I'm going to do, you know whatever and open up every synapse possible so I could like feel the universe in my brain and the one thing that they're not getting to is the emotional body which means that they can't get to the spiritual body anyway not fully 
not fully, right? I mean, they're going to get they're going to get somewhere, but it's not necessarily in the healthiest sort of this is my spiritual body in I am my higher self walking on this earth plane kind of thing. Right, exactly. Well, I'm in higher consciousness. Right. And so we call so that's also spiritual bypass, right? And you know, it's the same with anything. Like if if people just go to traditional therapy and so they're using their mental bodies to access their healing or they're trying to use sport and all they do is exercise like compulsively, you know, in order to heal their stuff because they don't want to deal with it. Why the emotions are often the neglected ones because we can rationalize a lot of stuff. We can touch things with our physical body so we can see results. The spiritual stuff is just woo woo fun stuff to play in, right? Let me just go buy 10,000 crystals and I'm going to feel, you know, I'm going to own my way into peace and go maybe do some yoga. But you know, the emotional body is the messiest body, as you might attest to, right? It's the ugliest one that we don't want to, you know, the ugly cry, like the unpleasant shit. But it's also the the, the, the laughter and the joy. All it of is. that stuff. The, like love is experienced through our emotional body, through our spiritual, in our emotional. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I just actually... I sure that was right on. I don't know why I was like... Okay. So actually, the emotional body might hold all the all the messy stuff from separation, but in oneness, it holds everything we want to experience. It's the key to joy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. A healed emotional body is the key to joy and maintaining that and allowing it to be the constant. Okay, go explain. So when we talk about we want to be in joy, that we want to maintain... Yeah, a certain amount of life, joy, as you said. What, what did you say in the previous I episode? I want to live my life, or oh, two, two episodes ago, I said, uh, <laughs> life's not living, life's not worth living unless I can live as me uh-huh. in joy. Yes, exactly. And how can we live in joy if our emotional bodies are not healed? We will not what, know what true joy is. Okay. So then let's just recap quickly. Yes. How does one heal the emotional body? Three things. Are we allowed to say? Okay, yeah. cool. So... The first one is confront the fear because fear is what blocks us from our emotions, right? We hold so much around fear that if we allow our emotions to go, everything comes out. So it's the fear. Second would be confront the karma, the karmic story that holds all that fear. And then the third is exercise it through living your purpose. It's not ego shedding. I'm shocked because I wanted to be like, obviously, fear, karma, ego is coming that third. I know. That's why, yeah. that's why, hence the pause. I'm sorry. Well, no, because actually pause. exercise it through your purpose is ego shedding. Because <laughs> you're doing what you want to do. You're following your internal, you're not, you're not making, doing it through an identity, etc. Follow your purposes. Yeah. The thing is, you can still continue to ego shed the more joy you experience, right? Again, as you had said, uh, practice makes perfect or you know, experience makes normal, right? So the more you're experiencing joy through purpose and living your life, the other stuff can also just come down. But if you were to kind of rank it, the the living your purpose or living joy through your purpose would outrank identity, sh- I mean, ego shedding. Okay, fine. Makes sense. I think no, it's yeah. kind of one of those, they almost go hand in hand. Yeah. 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 A bit more of this and a little less this, yeah. etc. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really nice. And again, I mean, even for me, my purpose isn't just this podcast. It isn't just the books. It isn't just anything that we do with Karma's My Bitch. My purpose is all the things I do that bring me joy, which I know feels, sounds fairly circular. Experience (laughs) more joy by bringing yourself more joy. But what I mean by that is the more I listen to myself, 
the more I act in integrity, the more I am doing the things that I love, the more joy I experience. Mm -hmm. Because the more attention, let's say, I'm giving Mm -hmm. to creating that joy in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then I experience more of it, basically. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I realize that this is a cornerstone episode. That's what it is. Emotional connection is just going to be a big, it's a piece of a bigger puzzle that's going to take us to magic. Well, I mean, it makes sense because we always say follow the heart. Emotional connectedness is how I got through my karma. Mm-hmm. Going dark is what we had to talk about previously. Makes sense. Yeah. That was, that's emotional connectedness. Mm-hmm. Feeling so terrible, feeling great, all the feelings. Yeah. How, like, if we, like, and this is coming from someone who's very mental, but if we go through our world and our lives from our mind, we're still using the external mm-hmm. to define the internal. Yep. But the true internal are our emotions. Yeah. So once we can get to a place where we can be happy and, mm-hmm. then our internal is stable and then we can create from there fine and is fine too (laughs) anything and you know i can be happy but still know that some things need fixing Mm -hmm. but i'm at that emotionally connected space which is stable yes so then i can create from there and i can because as we said experience makes normal and Mm -hmm. then we want more i can then push for bliss yeah Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.